I can't believe the surveys that they're doing and proving that it works, that people get their history from Hollywood and the History Channel. But that's true. That's where they get it from, from dramas, recreations. And that's not history at all. That's just more, more padding over the fiction that we're given starting at school. Power and money rules the world in a commercialized system a system that counts on money and those obviously who are in charge of that money are in charge of the world it's been that way for a long time actually the world is their goal we're, we're finalizing the final act and we're living right through it back with more after this break Alan Watt, and we're cutting through the Matrix. The Matrix is a reality that's given to you. And I, over the weekend, I watched uh, the Clinton Chronicles, which is interesting, of course, about the type of psychopath they put in front of you and how they give you an image for presidency and how that sticks, because the media makes it stick. They give little tit-tats uh, to, to gobble up of, of tattle, basically, and trivia. And, uh, and people fall for it. But it's, you, understand when you, you understand what Clinton was doing and his psychopathic nature and his drug habits and opposed to the, the image they projected to the world uh, and the money laundering and the whole, all that stuff to do with uh, Arkansas when he was the governor and went on afterwards too. Uh, it tells you one thing that stands out. That, see, he was not running the country. He was not running. A cokehead does not run the country. They put in these psychopaths. They can depend on them, absolutely, 100%, to do what they're told and to fulfill the role that they've been put into. No different from Obama. And you see, the, the guys you put into politics at the top are meant to take the heat. And the, the, the guy at the top is not the boss. It's always a guy behind them. It really is the boss. It reminds me of when you look at the history of Africa and the different invasions they had from all of the different colonial uh, regimes that were taken over. Britain, France, and other countries into Africa. Germany tried, but they were kicked out by a combination of them all. And you find that uh, one thing that surprised them after a while, you see the technique was always to get to talk to the leaders of the tribes. And a whole bunch people would come up to meet these troops and uh, one of them would come forward as a leader and start talking and communicating. In reality, it took them a few years to catch on that these people were not stupid at all. The leader was standing back amongst the crowds and a front man, a front man was being earmarked for destruction by the British or the French or whoever it was, you see. They were not stupid. And it's the same technique that's used for the public. They give you these characters for the Punch and Judy show of politics. And yes, they're sworn to do what they're, they're told. They'll get a lot of freebies, whatever mess they get into in their personal lives as they go through it, like Clinton. There's always teams of people going in to, to mop up and clean up and threaten people or beat them up or even kill them uh, to cover up. That's, what ha that's the real world we live in. It's very important that the image uh, of the press that they put over 
is the one that takes with the public. Very, that's the whole point of it, in fact, isn't it? And Professor Carl Quigley said the same thing. It doesn't matter that they always have their own people at the top of all parties. And you find, yet, presidents are always members of the right clubs, the Council of Foreign Relations, but you've got to go into the, the fact that the main advisors behind them, the global advisors, because there's a global agenda. That's why every part of the world, for my whole life, that signed on to the United Nations works in concert together with the same laws on every area at the same time. It doesn't matter whether we're in the EU, as they called it then, or outside the EU, or just part of the British Commonwealth, or supposedly separate sovereign states. They're all going along with the same agenda at the same time. And therefore, they put in one president in the U.S. after another, and you always vote the last one out. You're so fed up with them. That's what happened. Left wing, right wing, left wing, right wing. You know, you get so fed up with them. And it depends how long they want to keep them in, a second term or whatever, by the amount of good PR that's sold to the public. It's all PR. It's a public relations image. You'll never know what these real people are until they're out. When someone comes forward and writes the book on it, with all the inside info. That doesn't matter then, you see. doesn't matter. And they can put in people who are even communists. They put a leader of the Communist Party for Canada and his prime minister here as Pierre Trudeau. Little rich boy, and people can't quite put that together, that little rich boys are, were into communism because, you see, it's really socialism, where they're, they're, they're elites, the intellectual intelligentsia, and who have made lots of money and proven their worth the right to rule the lessers. That's what it's about. Francis Bacon gave a bunch of writings to the king and in it he talked about how to handle the common people. But he said the public must never know the truth of the, tr the real reasons and machinations for government policies on anything. On anything. Anything at all. Why do you think everything from police departments to, to medicine everything goes through public relations spokespeople that's called propaganda that's the proper name for public relations it was called propaganda it's got a bad rap after World War I when it was found out that Bernays and other people had worked to drum up all the reasons to go to war with Germany they're all lies they used old bayonet stuff too oh they're over there bayoneting the children and stuff like that all that worked so well massive propaganda campaign then afterwards out came the truth some of them couldn't keep their mouths shut they were so cocky and big headed that worked on a particular team to bring America and actually said that they advertised the war to the Americans they advertised it that's never stopped in fact it's better now than ever the techniques and every day I get I get the latest stuff sent to me what's upsetting people from the major media. Well, you see, the major media, if there's something that upsets you, is meant to upset you. Part of it is always to raise consciousness by getting you arguing with your neighbors or your family about certain topics. Another part, of course, is naturally publicity for the newspaper. It brings a lot of people in to see. And see the ads and all the rest of it, too, at the same time. But as long as you swallow the main thing and you fall into the emotional arguments, you've lost that was the intention of it. That was intention, just like a Trojan that comes through your internet and crashes your computer and beds itself. We've all 
always been given a realities, including all the revolutions that we had that people thought came from themselves. That's astonishing, isn't it? People think that they created the sexual revolution themselves, and they created the fashions that went with it, and music that went with it, and the movies that went with it, and the whole culture industry behind it just had to follow you along, eh? Revolution after revolution. All plans, all written about long before they did it. And you can even see where they tried it out in experiments in other areas in previous years beforehand. We're given our reality constantly. It's constantly updated and never told the truth. That's the fact. The media is the middleman. Their job is to take the reality that the rulers want, the media, to project down to the public. And to get you into debates about the fake reality that they're projecting down to you, the arguments and all the rest of it, without ever going into the real reasons behind anything, whether, even to do with depopulation and all the rest of it. And there's a lot of articles coming out across the world right now on Malthusian policies were correct and we should put, make him a champion and all that stuff. That's called a media blitz. That's intention to get you all upset. And take you arguing as well, maybe they're right and maybe they're wrong. No, I don't think so. Oh, yeah, they could be and blah, blah, blah. Because they're, they're training you for the next step that we're all going to be faced with as they bring the populations down drastically. That's what all this nonsense about carbon in the atmosphere is about. And sustainability and all oh, food restrictions coming and all that stuff. This is to get you used to dying off, basically. Not all at once, hopefully, you see. It's too messy. These guys with the white shirts don't get out and bury you with a spade. No, they want you to bury each other. That's what they've done in previous times. They don't like getting messy. They don't like work at all. But very good at planning realities for the general public. And they create crisis in every area. Suddenly everything in every field, every area is a crisis. Give us, since 2001, one crisis after another. A sudden terrorism attack, and then the world agenda is on board immediately and pulls out the same anti-terrorism bill. And the, the machinery is all set up to lays with each other. Government moves on square wheels around corners. It takes years of preparation to get your own government going on something. Never mind every government across the planet on board at the same time with this exact same agenda. And then we had, uh, we had all the different threats then of awful great bird flu was going to kill us. And that sort of died away. It was for the birds. And then we went into uh, different things with the economy. And of course, folk have forgotten already that through the GATT Treaty, the economy moved offshore to China by government planning. Because they signed it in international agreements long before, you see to deindustrialize the West. They knew the fallout. They knew, they knew that the countries, the standard economics, that produce the goods, the actual goods from scratch, and pay, pay the bigger taxes, get the biggest armies, and basically rule. And when you take away that from a country that is a ruler, it goes down the tubes. All you're doing is passing goods around that you import. That's called a surface economy. Surface economy means your dog in a swimming pool, and all you can do, you can't get out. 
All you can do is paddle until you sink. Nothing is a shock. They don't make mistakes at the top. You don't hire hundreds of think tanks, grand corporations and all the rest of them, and pay them these incredible sums of money, your money, of course, to make mistakes. Their job is to project the future according to the plan that's already laid down. What will the consequences be? Do you think for a minute that the elite of, of the USA, those who have had power and money and wealth for centuries, would give all your manufacturing industry abroad, your weapon-making capabilities to an enemy, unless you're already global and international? Think about it. Back with more after this break. Which you can study too. 
And that's how things will sort out. We are history's actors. And you, all of you, will be left to just study what we do. And isn't that the truth? Isn't that the truth? They give us a reality. Everything is a fake fiction. It's it's a a propagandized image. No different than making a star out of nowhere or nobody and rocking them to the top, whether it be a novelist or some unknown teacher, professor, whatever, or a movie star, or a musician, or a singer. It's all to do with the creating of the persona that's projected to the public and how fantastic and unique and wonderful this person is. That's how it's done. And the media get all this stuff from the PR specialists, propaganda specialists, the professional image makers who run on statistics and polls and they have, they have survey groups and all the rest of it to test all these things out on time and time and time again to see how it will go over with the public. And the media peddles that to us. Then we argue about the stuff we're given. And we think everything is real. Because we're not supposed to know, like Bacon said to the king, what government's really up to. We're never told what government's really up to. If we really knew what they're up to, like Bush Sr. said, he says the public would hunt us down the street and, and lynch us. It's always been that way. Always. And it's like Bill Clinton being put into that position. He knew his whole history at the top. The CIA and the parallel government runs the U.S. It runs every other country, too. They belong to the Royal Institute of International Affairs-CFR. They run them all. It was decided long, long ago that democracy was not for the people. Long, long ago. And the people couldn't handle it. Therefore, they'd always have to have these enlightened people, people of good breeding and intelligence, family histories, to guide the world, you see. Those with the power, money, and who have a lust for more. Those kind of people, the right kind of people, you see, according to Darwinist theories. And right now they're training us step by step into different realities. And we adapt so quickly to them, so quickly to them, that they, become, they do become real for most people. Look at all the shops, look at all the propaganda and every ad that you see. Whereas television or, or magazines, greening, greening, everybody's going green. It's all from the top down through marketing. Because they're bringing in the world to reduce the population, which they say, and they're quite right, I think, that by 2050, after all the riots and so on, and food shortages, blah, 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 that they will create, and if the power to do that so easily now, uh, they will ultimately drop off and not breed. Plus, we're getting sterilized too, mind you, and filled up with uh, various cancer viruses from vaccines. It first came out after the polio vaccine in the SOC investigations. But to the common people, it's not how it works. No, the TV's real, and uh, this Prime Minister or that President are going to save the world from itself. Back with more after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. 
John Watt were cutting through the matrix. It's more important to try to get people to see behind things than fall for the front things they're supposed to fall for. Because from now on, and actually it's always been this way, but they're going to increase it, you're going to get crisis after crisis and lots of things to upset you, peddled by the media as a reality to you, partly to get you arguing about things coming to the, to the fore ordained conclusions that maybe they're right on whatever it is and um, it's called predictive programming as well you're being trained for what's to come so that there'll be no tremendous shock when it slips in incrementally and you've got rationing and all the rest of it you're supposed to do as you pay carbon taxes for all the units of energy it took to produce that caramel milk chocolate bar or whatever that's what it's about I mean, trains. You see, you're just too many of you, and and um, you li- you've been living too well, too well, for too long, according to those at the top, who can't even tie their shoelaces together, and have people dress them in the mornings. That's the real world we live in. Trained like animals, we've always been spoken to like animals, spoken down to. More so in socialist countries, and that's what the whole thing is. Remember what they said at the Club of Rome? This re-emerged again, uh, right on cue with this new agenda, agenda for bringing down the populations and all the rest of it and solving the world's problems on behalf of the masters they serve. And we're being trained into cutting back on everything as we go down the hill. Remember, the whole purpose of it was the Club of Rome said it favored the collectivist system, meaning the communist style of ruling the people, where they simply dictate down to you uh, as a child, basically, father a child, a very simple child at that. But we can't be embarrassed enough, can we, at the bottom, or humiliated enough. We, we just bend over, drop our pants or whatever you do at the airport. Now you can walk through and you can see you naked, and there's no end of the humiliation we will accept, apparently. And they know this at the top, too. They take surveys all the time on every everything. And as long as we can basically keep enough of the pennies or the tokens or whatever we're going to use in the near future to get to the bar at the weekend or to watch the sports or play in your favorite porn channel or whatever, whatever you do uh, they give you to do to obsess you, then uh, you'll keep going uh, until you can't do that anymore. Then... You have a, you're a rioter. You start rioting. A rioter knows nothing except he can't play anymore. You see? There's a, a site called Politic, and I'll put that up. So it says, commentary on the crisis of the day. CO2 in the atmosphere is decreasing. How will the global warming crowd explain that? Because about Al Gore, amazing character. Again, he was in the White House covering uh, Clinton, too. And uh, Al Gore made the statement, there's no further place of ethics in the White House, he says. Uh, What a gory man he is. Al Gore starts his odyssey on global warming with the killing curve. The chart, these charts and graphs, as like Malthus does for the population, uh, of steadily increasing CO2 levels measured off the top of Mauna Loa. Very compelling and the cornerstone of the case for anthropogenic man-made global warming. Earlier this year, however, the annual rate of increase was the lowest measured, and on a monthly basis seemed to be coming to a dead stop, which means after seasonal adjustments would show a downtrend. Now it appears there is a downtrend in the CO2 levels, 
to show you this other chart. If this continues, it spells a coup de grace for the goofy AGW case. But it won't, of course, because reality doesn't matter in agendas. The core of the AGW case is industrial CO2 spews out and stays in the atmosphere, accumulating faster than natural processes can handle and causing ever-increasing warming. Over the past few decades, we've been emitting four parts per million of CO2 per year, and the atmospheric levels have been increasing by two parts per million. We continue to spew, but if CO2 levels drop, it means something else is going on. Then they go on to explain in detail what is going on. And it also has the fact uh, that, uh, they, and people are admitting it at the top, that the computer models are always way ahead of the actual amount of CO2 in the atmosphere. They also tell you that most of the so-called greenhouse gases is water vapor, as they all know at the top as well. See, they play so much in our ignorance and by repetition, don't they? Because after all, it's an agenda. This is an agenda to bring us all down to third world status except for themselves. Have you looked at the super cities they're building across the world? Super cities. That's what the UN talked about years ago, the creation of super cities. These are the most advanced cities on virgin ground. Not knocking old ones down, old cities down to... No, this is brand new across the world in beautiful areas with the most high-tech everything to house the elites over the next hundred-odd years or so. Some of the places have 99-year leases, in fact. That's standard in British, the strange British uh, system. It's not really British at all, but they were the first ones to get 99-year leases. It was very important, that number, in their little occultic system. But as they're bringing down the world the elite are already moving into super cities they've even built some in China for them and the oldest families in Europe have been getting, giving up the old ancestral homes which you, they never do, before, never did before these people are not hurt by economies by the way and they're moving, they've been moving it's just a matter of taking us all down and getting us still, remember we are batteries like you said in the Matrix movie, we're batteries and that fits in, of course, with Karl Marx said, that everything is labor. Everything comes from labor. Everything that's made comes from labor. Everything you eat comes from labor. We're batteries for the system. We pay it through taxes. And they'll use a system of money and taxation as to bring us down. It's incredible the amount of taxes now uh, they're discussing at this meeting uh, for Copenhagen uh, and uh, what we're all going to pay. Countries are going to go into billions per year, billions and billions and billions, supposedly under the theory to help the poorer countries to, to handle their, their polluting gases. This is a farce of it all. Utter farce. Because all those monies that went before to all the third world countries end up in different pockets, as it always did. It was never intended to get to their sources because they never wanted those countries. Remember, Kissinger says, we don't want those countries becoming emergent nations. So you keep them in poverty. That's what you do. You don't bring them up. So I'll put this site up anyway, and you can just go through for yourself and measure the other, the other facts and see what you think about it. 
But here's the, well, something I've talked about too. Here's the, the secret plan for European income tax. Now, now that they're rushing ahead, you know, and the, mind you, it was all laid out years ago, including how they'll tax the people. All they just do is brush off the dust and present it at the right time off the old scrolls. And it says here, the leaked proposal seen by the Daily Express state that Britain should lose the billions of pounds in rebate that was agreed by Maggie Thatcher 25 years ago. Uh, for joining the union, right? It also means Brussels being given the power to dip straight into taxpayers' pockets. And the proposal was prompted a fury last night. The shadow minister, uh, Marc Francois, vowed they would be resisted by a Tory government, which is nonsense. He said the idea of an EU tax is a non-starter. Well, they're going ahead regardless. And this is what the Copenhagen Treaty is all about too, by the way. How bring the whole world into a global, massive, incredibly devastating taxation system. And it says they would have to raise about £6.4 billion a year, the net cost of belonging to the EU. That's what it costs to belong to the EU, this superpower, this new Soviet um, Kremlin, you might call it, the Soviet Kremlin, Brussels. Uh, it works in secret at the top. That's, that's the cost of your membership. You know? And it says, uh, and equivalent to about £260 for every household in the UK. Well, on top of that, as I say, they're having a meeting right now to do with uh, the individual taxes when they pay to, throughout the, through to the UN, of course, obviously, and, and the IMF, and then to Rothschild's Bank in Switzerland, who handle the global carbon tax agenda multi-billions and trillions of dollars as we go down the tube. And they tell us to tighten our belts because we've made a mess of things and, and we've never had it so good. And all those old phrases that they said years and years ago when, when they used to come out and just tell you what they thought of you. Now they're doing it in a different way. But it works just the same. Just the same. I could have laughed, you know. I can remember when Thatcher was in and uh, there's no right wing and left wing in this. They just bring in this bunch to do this part of the agenda and then bring out the opposite party to bring out the next part of the agenda. That's how it works. Bunch and Judy, back and forth, ping pong, ping pong. You see? And people fall for it. Uh, this is from the Mail Online uh, to do with random attack by thugs every 30 seconds as strangerous assaults soar in binge Britain, meaning boozing Britain. Maggie Thatcher, when she was in, uh, did away with some of the opening hours of the pubs so they were open longer during the day and she said at the time it was far better to have the unemployed teenagers that's when they were heavily deindustrializing Britain and sending the, the factories offshore um, she says it's far better to have them in the pubs drink, drinking away their unemployment insurance than marching in the streets and demanding action see nothing's by accident nothing's by accident at all and he used this trick too of drugging the population that's for the Soviets. You'd always get cheap vodka in the Soviet Union. No matter what was happening in the food areas, you'd always get cheap vodka. So here, this, this article here, they want you to forget all about the previous governments that have been in. And once again, they take it back to the present one, in this present labor Fabian society. It says, random attacks by thugs every 30 seconds, right, so in binge Britain. Someone is attacked by a complete stranger every 30 seconds in binge Britain, figures revealed last night, 
when the Labour Party came to power, only a third of violent, violent crimes were carried out by attacker or the victim. The victims didn't know. It's jumped now to half as random violence fueled by alcohol and round-the-clock opening. That's like the pub. The pub's never shut now. It says um, it's become commonplace. It says there were 1,057,000 violent violent attacks by strangers last year, the equivalent of 2,895 a day, or 100 every hour. And then I go into the usual party stuff you're supposed to believe in. Opposition MPs said it was the latest proof of the government's relaxation of licensing laws, and it's failed. Some 21% of the assaults took place in pubs, for the 34% in the streets, as town centres became increasingly scarred by alcohol-fueled violence, Many of the attacks were carried out by violent women. They call them ladettes. Last month, the Daily Mail revealed that the government's own figures show the number of women being convicted for murders, vicious assaults, and other attacks has rocketed by 81% since 1998. They're now being convicted at a rate of more than 200 every week. You'd have to have been in Britain to watch how they altered society and how they did all their attacks on the female psyche a long time ago and, and just kept stepping it up, notch by notch. And you'd, you'd have to live there to see how the, the, the best mind technical operators that worked through their plays, the BBC, their, their shows, their dramas, as they call them, would work and to reality through the people who watch the stuff. The best, the best predictive programming of any other country in the world. Mainly because at a closed society, in a sense, and at no competition, basically, for an awful, awful long time. And experts just drumming this stuff out. All PC stuff, political correct stuff, the next upgrade to the political correctness. And they cause the problems then turn rounds and points at the people themselves. The culture becomes what is designed to become. They don't make mistakes at the top. If they needed the United States of America or Britain to be a beacon to the world, as they say, as they called them in previous wars, they'd give you a completely different culture and manners and they make the feel people feel good about themselves and polite to each other, the basic necessities. But they've given you the most degraded culture, steadily plummeting, again incrementally, now speeding up until it's not safe to walk the streets. And they open up the pubs and keep them open all the time in a, not just a world, but a culture that's utterly depressed. And they stand back and say, my, look at, the, look, at the, look at the lower classes. They just can't be trusted. And cops, of course, love this. So do lawyers because it's the biggest business on the planet next to banking. And that's a law business. Crime does pay for those who rule it. But I'll put this article up for you to read as well. But it's... It, You've got to understand what you read and, and don't fall into the emotive parts of it or you'll miss, miss what's happening. 
the whole world is to go into this whole technique of cutting back, cutting back. You only pay three, four, five, six, ten times as much for electricity. Ten times as much as they, as they cut back. That means ten times the profit for the companies. They love this stuff. Here is how they manipulate the market. It's from the Times, October the 2nd, 2008. Wholesale price of electricity surges amid fear of supply shortfall. So the big boys who own the whole supply now, the privatized company, uh, put out the word, oh, the supply shortfall. Well, that means great for investors. That means the price is going to go up, you see. This is how they create it. This is like an ad, this almost. This is like an ad. A PR ad. Well done, too. Wholesale electricity prices surged higher yesterday amid mounting fears the UK could face a supply shortfall next month. Now, who would leak that out, eh? <laughs> the forward price of electricity for November hit highs of £133 per megawatt an hour, up more than £10 since Friday, when the same contract was trading at about £122.75. The price of power has risen sharply since National Grid published figures last week predicting an unusually thin margin between electrical supply and demand. So they put out a scarce thing and the investors jump. I want to buy those. I want, I, want, I want some shares. I want some shares. That's how they create it. Rubbish. It's called greed and manipulation of people in their mind through fear. Back with more after this break. the matrix. Now governments across the, the world have been paying the farmers not to grow crops and not to rear animals for years and I'm going to finish tonight on a little satire which actually happened. The guy sent this off to Mr. Miliband, the Member of Parliament, Secretary of State for Britain Department of Environment, Food and Rural Affairs DEFRA about this very thing He says, uh, my friend who is in farming at the moment recently received a cheque for £3,000 from the Rural Payments Agency for not rearing pigs I would now like to join the not rearing pigs business. In your opinion, what is the best kind of farm not to rear pigs on, and which is the best breed of pigs not to rear? I want to be sure I approach this endeavour in keeping with all government policies as dictated by the EU under the common agricultural policy. I would prefer not to rear bacon pigs, but if this is not the type you want not rearing, I will just as gladly not rear porkers. Are there any advantages in not rearing rare breeds such as Saddlebacks or Gloucester Old Spots, or are there too many people already not rearing these? As I see, the hardest part of this program will be keeping an accurate record of how many pigs I haven't reared. Are there any government or local authority courses on this? My friend is very satisfied with this business. He's been rearing pigs for 40 years or so, and the best he ever made in them was £1,422 in 1968. That is, until this year when he received a cheque for not rearing any. If I get £3,000 for not rearing 50 pigs, well, I get £6,000 for not rearing 100. I plan to operate on a small scale at first, hold myself down to about 4,000 pigs not raised, which will mean about £240,000 for the first year. As I become more expert in not rearing pigs, I plan to be more ambitious, perhaps increasing to, say, 40,000 pigs not reared in my second year, for which I should expect about £2.4 million from your department. 
Incidentally, I wonder if I would be eligible to receive tradable carbon credits for all those pigs not producing harmful and polluting methane gases. Another point, these pigs that I plan not to rear will not eat 2,000 tons of cereals. I understand that you also pay farmers for not growing crops. Will I qualify for payments for not growing cereals to not feed the pigs I don't rear? I'm also considering the not milking cows business, so please send any information you have on that too. Please, could you also include the current DEFRA advice on set-aside fields? Can this be done on an e-commerce basis with virtual fields, of which I seem to have several thousand hectares? In view of the above, you'll realize that I will be totally unemployed and will therefore qualify for unemployment benefits. I shall, of course, be voting for your party at the next general election. Yours faithfully, etc., etc. And that's good satire good satire on the farce because governments as they go into a supposed coming food shortage have been putting farmers out of business and paying the rest not to grow stuff for years and years and years but the media somehow neglects to see that side of things don't they when they try and scare the bejesus out of you the food crisis will come because it's planned that way. And let's first start with the different countries. Africa's the favorite one they pick on. But it's all to get you conditioned to what's coming down eventually to you. And governments, when they said uh, their agencies are now authorities, like the medical authorities, will be coming into your homes to weigh you. To weigh you. Not just check your fridge like they do in Britain already, but to weigh you as well and punish you by fines you're already paying fines for everything else too in this crazy manufactured fake reality they've given to us and they'll give us many more to come from Hamish myself and Ontario Canada it's good night to me or God or your gods go with you